All right, let's do this. Another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne, and I unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today we have Kirbanu on the podcast. She's an Australian indie pop artist weaving in human experience from despair to euphoria to some real wonderful, unique music. This is one of the first musicians we've had on the show, and I'm, I'm really pumped because I've always wanted to dive into the mind of a musician, see how they go about you know, really pulling out such emotion and vulnerability from themselves to create incredible art for us to take in. So enjoy the chat, and if you are, please do give us a little love wherever you're listening. Those beautiful stars are written review. And lastly, this podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of Keo, which is our daily reflection app. And all of these amazing guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily reflection. Let's take it for a spin. It's in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search KYO. Thanks, as always, and have an incredible day. So who are you? Wow, that's such a big question. Um, I think I haven't had enough coffee yet for that <laughs> one. Um, who am I? I mean, this is a question, honestly, that's been plaguing me since I was 20. And uh, it's a question I think I consistently ask myself. Sure. And honestly, like, I think there's so many different layers to answering that question. Um, so on one hand, who I am is, is like this moving state that's consistently evolving and never static. And the older I get, the more I'm aware of that. On a more functional level, who I am is an Australian uh, singer-songwriter, yogi, and uh, I would say mindfulness practitioner um, living in Germany. And um, yeah, I make a career living from music and um, and traveling. And these were actually the two things that I wanted more than anything growing up. So it's kind of living out my dream. That's uh, a person who I am. Yeah, I love it. And and that and honestly, <laughs> that's why I asked that question is is to avoid um, people just saying I'm a musician because there's so much yeah. more right to your story and what what makes you what makes your your person up, let's say, and, and you just describe that. Um, so what is, cause I, I think I, I pulled this off of your Instagram account, but what, what would you, what is an Australian mindful musician? Yeah, well, I mean, Australian, of course, is my nationality. Mm -hmm. And um, the more I live abroad, so I've been living abroad for 12 years. Um, and the more I live abroad, the more I feel, international I guess and, and I really like that but in my core I'll always be an Australian you know sure. and um, mindfulness musician is for me well since I was a kid um, meditation and inner reflection have been really fundamental um, I guess guidelines by which I live my life by okay and teachers that teach me about the world 
And so when I say mindful mindfulness musician, I'm saying that I'm a person who creates music from a place of greater depth than the surface. I'm, I want to create music from a place of reflection where I'm exploring topics that really talk about fundamental truths and um, bringing them to the surface in different ways. And that's the power of music to bring something to the surface in uh, a happy way, a sad way, a melancholic way, a curious way. Yeah. Um, however, the, however, the musical rapper is for me. The depth uh, is always this perception of something in the world in reality that has to do in its fundamental with being mindful. I love that, and it's you, you know you can draw so many parallels to um, so many different professions and, and and whatnot. It's whenever you're you're doing whatever your work is or your your passion. From your core and you know your true beliefs, like that's where the magic happens, right? And it's not yeah. it's not surface level. Um, I did want to ask you because I you know in doing a bit of the research, I and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your your music career or your singing lessons started around the age of 19 or so, right? Yeah. Um, so when did yeah. the when did the kind of the but it also sounds like meditation and mindfulness practice have been around in your life probably almost from the very beginning or since you were very young. So when did like those two worlds intersect? Hmm. When did those two? Okay, so um, this is a really good question, by the way. Um, and I don't need a date and time. <laughs> <but> <laughs> you know, I, so I, I kind of spent like my early 20s um, exploring um consciousness and what is that and by by that I mean I, I traveled a lot I lived in different places at one point I was actually living in a spiritual community and um all of this for I guess about three or four years was really like laying down the framework for me of my inner world and how I see the world and what life is for me and how I think about it um and so I guess at that time when I was kind of more bringing that thing that I'd been dabbling in more strongly into my life as a daily practice, that's when that kind of merged with, with my music. And of course, I met people in those spaces who were also musicians who encouraged me. Um, I learned a lot. And I think that's when it kind of began. Okay. And it yeah. seems like it just felt right. Like we're chatting about before this, this recording. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I have to say, I may want to back up a little bit because uh, we've interviewed, you know, quite a few people for, for the app. And I would say the majority of those, those people are, I, I'd classify them as creative professionals, but we still, this is the first time we've had a musician. So I'm <laughs> really, really excited to, to have you part of this, um, awesome. especially with your, your, you know, the type of music that, that you're putting out in the world and, and the emotion behind that. And, I think it's a probably perfect timing. You just, uh, I'm trying to think when this will air, but it'll be pretty close to the, the, the new release of your latest album, uh, Echo Chamber. So why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, your work and, and this latest release and what's behind the creation of that, that album? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, well, again, my work has been something that's been evolving with me. And I think that's, um, at least for a musician or for me as a musician, I always feel like an album is like a photograph of me and myself and in my musicality in a moment. Mm. And, and like looking back, so this is my third output 
and looking back at drifting my second and the first one, the waking day, like there's such significant changes and distinctions between each of them. And yet I love them all because they're these, they're these moments of, of the best that I could do in that moment and, and where I was at in my growth and in my expression as a creative person and as a musician in that moment. So Echo Chamber has been a massive, massive project. Um, it kind of consumed uh, 2017 for me in between touring and uh, making music videos and life. Sure. And um, it, it's been a really exciting project because um, I worked really closely with my producer and he was also a co-writer on, on the songs, um, Marcus Bourne. And we met when I made my second album, Drifting. And so it was really exciting to, um, to share that process more openly with another person. When I did the other two albums, they were all songs that I'd written basically as closed songs. And then we kind of just dressed them basically in the studio but this one was more um I wrote or we we co-wrote we bounced the thing back to each other and I feel like I feel like that process drew these things out of me that were much deeper than what I could have done by myself I remember like the classic one of the classic songs on the EP is called The Ghost of Human Decency and um I, I was actually in Australia this time last year at writing that song and um it was so funny because I, I spent like weeks on it and then I shared it with Marcus and I said, hey, I finished the song. Like, I'm so excited. And he listened to it and he's like, that's great. Where's the chorus? And oh, I, wow. <laughs> I, I could have died. Like, sure. so, cause he, he's like, um, he's like on a musical pedestal for me, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean? Where, oh, what? Oh, no. And I, I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was that that forced me into this place of so much greater depth that I, I never knew was there. And it brought out, out of me this song that is so strong and so powerful um, and that was such a great process. Um, so yeah, the echo chamber was transformative for me as a creative person. Um, and for me as a musician, I think it's, um, it's been an incredible experience making that. Yeah. Sure. So how I have to ask you, you know, when you get feedback like that and, and obviously now in, in retrospect, looking back it, you know, it was probably one of the best things. And like you said, you've grown and, it's, it's pulled so much more out of you, but like, how did you, how did you handle that? Cause I'm trying to draw parallels to, you know, even, even for us when we're, you know, creating this app and trying to get it out in the world, it's like, you know, weekly, if not daily, it, the, there's highs and lows. Right. And, and this feels like one of those, those lows where you get punched in the stomach, but then you've got to, <laughs> you've got to keep going. Right. And that, I think that's what, you know, uh, separates the, the people that are, are actually succeeding in whatever they're, they're doing and, and the ones that are, are kind of falling behind or changing careers or whatever the case may be. So how, like, how did you move on from that? What was, what was your process? I was like, all right, I go to write a course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty clear. Like, I mean, I guess, so my process, well, I, you know, kind of put my head on the table and cried for a while. And then I sure. <laughs> realized that I was going to need to write a chorus. So I realized that, yeah, that this song wasn't finished. This song was not where it needed to be and uh, that there was space for a chorus. So, I mean, then, and I think this is what, from my understanding, what you're doing uh, or what you're looking at, then I had to ask myself the right question, you know, sure. and, and that was, okay, if this song's not finished, if this song needs a chorus, then where is the chorus in this song and how am I going to lead up into that 
course and what needs to change for there to be a course and what does that course sound like and you know when I asked myself those questions then I could I could see what was missing and the room that I had to create inside of what it already created so it kind of actually made space um, without having to change too much of what was already there so neat so like yeah. I mean, you can probably tell I have I have you know zero knowledge of the music industry or creating you know um, music so I'm just fascinated to hear like your your mentality behind it and and just there's so many parallels right to to other um, professions and just life in general so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that and please do keep sharing those 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 practices that are personal to you you're welcome so. I wanted to ask, you know, obviously music is, is, is a massive part in your life, but how has it affected other areas of your life since, since really, you know, putting your, your work out there? Um, wow. Well, I think, um, you know, I think like my wish was to, so I wanted so badly to, at first I just wanted to to understand music and then I wanted to to be a musician and then I wanted to be a musician who lived from my music so when I got to that point where I was able to say now I'm living from my music music kind of engulfed my entire existence sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and like so when you ask me the question um how has that like influenced other other parts it's kind of like well I feel like it consumed them <laughs> of actually because you know like I said before you know I've been I guess for the last four years I like I've, I've played about 450 concerts in the last four years and like this is really happening through hustle and 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 you know when I'm not making music I've been on the phone organizing gigs or scheduling things or you know trying to promote my latest work or networking or seeing what's on in the scene or Mm -hmm. however like all of these things so it's just been all consuming I think um but I guess from a deeper level uh it's shown me that I can you know it's really shown me that I can and and that's like no matter what I do in the future and however things unfold, it's like knowing that skill, knowing that you can and knowing that you can do something when you're in the face of, of adversity, when you're in the face of stuff that is hard and difficult. Because, you know, when, when you tell someone you're a musician and you're not like officially famous and recognized by the entire world as being famous, yeah. then like the first thing they say is, oh, but you can't live from that. Like you're always like, yeah. I swear to God, you are always shoved up against every other person's doubt and, and, and like disbelief. Yeah. And the second question you get asked is, oh, but like, do you actually live from that? Or can you actually live from that? Like when people find out I'm married, the amount of people that think my husband financially supports me is unbelievable. Wow. And it makes me crazy because I'm like, that's not the situation. Sure. And you know, and this is so, so I'm, I'm sharing this because like, for me, this is again, um, just saying like, when you have to go through that and when you decide to go through that and when you just keep going, then this gives you a strength and a recognition in yourself of your strength. And that's something that you can take into anything. Yeah. And I think that's how it's influenced my life in the biggest way. So, so well said. And I, I'm just kind of reflecting myself as you're saying that it, it just goes to show, right? Like there's no one can take that process from you, right? You no. can, people can take, you know, you can lose the albums, let's say, but no one, I mean, the, let's argue the, the music is obviously inside of you, but uh, like the, the physical things or a job, like those things can be taken from you, but that process and that evolution 
is is forever yours and it's unique unique to you right so the reason i bring that up is because um like i said i was kind of drawing some parallels like even for us launching an app i mean you immediately even us we immediately go into comparator mode right like what are right like what are some similar apps or some similar companies like where were they three months or six months into it and and it doesn't matter right i mean if, Mm -hmm. if you feel content and happy with the work that you're producing and growing as a person the right that you know everything else will come and it's right it, it's and it sounds yeah. like kind of that's the the journey that you've been going through and i think you're being very modest like i mean your <laughs> your music is beautiful you have a pretty massive following um you know it's <laughs> it's not like you're a no one on the music scene Oh, I, I mean, like, I guess, you know, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm an indie artist, so like sure. I have a following, absolutely. And um, I've developed, I've kind of dragged these people and I've, I've brought these people into my world in through through this crazy hustle that I've done in the last four or five years. Sure. Um, and I have some amazing supporters who are just dear and like, and it grows, it really does. And I think um, something I've had to accept, or, or I'm still, I guess, accepting, is the speed of growth. Because like mm-hmm. what I'm doing as an indie musician, this is a long-term game. This is not like overnight, whatever. This is 10, 20-year hustle, basically. And um, and and so and understanding that is really important. And I, I can really relate to what you just said. And I think you highlighted a very important word for me, which is the word comparison. Sure. Um, and I just want to say something about it because it speaks deeply to me. I think comparison is like the death of the creative self. And, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put a clause on that because I think it's healthy to like look at what's going on and, and to get I think it's critical to get feedback on your work. And, and to set yourself goals and to try and to to find a way to be truthful to yourself and your process. Um, and, and you need external input for that. So I think it's important to have a look around and see what are other people doing? What's the market doing? Um, what are the expectations of the audience? Is this the audience I want to be reaching? Do I need to make changes? What would mm-hmm. they look like? This is all important. And this all comes through looking around and 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 I guess essentially comparing however like when we compare ourselves directly to for example me as a musician comparing myself directly to another musician in the scene and and for whatever reason making whatever stories up about that comparison and then using that essentially to make myself feel bad which is I think something that we all do um (laughs) yeah I agree this is really unhealthy and and like I really think we all do it and I think in that sense, the only thing you can compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. And and like when you when you go to bed at night, if you're better than who you were in the morning when you woke up, if you learned something more, if you gave something more into the world, even if it was tiny, then that's a great achievement. And if you can do that across your entire life, then you'll have an impact. You know, I really believe yeah. that. I, I 100% agree. And I, I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about that because, so again, I, I agree but at the same time, mm-hmm. I think we naturally, it's so hard, right, to like, because it, it's almost we're set up, like, you know, to compare. So, are, you know, have you found any, any ways to 
kind of counterbalance that or because the principles there for sure and like i said i 100 agree that but even myself i you know I, I catch myself sometimes right like well why there's no benefit in doing this i mean i agree with what you're saying like let's you, you can't be naive to what's what's happening on the outside but it can't run you right and it yeah. can't control what you're creating so have you found anything throughout your career and your journey that that helps kind of reframe that or, or, or bring you back to that that core belief I have a morning practice that I do okay. and I think that helped I think that's actually helped to transform me in the last two years yeah. I would say um and and I actually do that with my husband which is really nice because when you have another person that you can bounce your brain off of sure. <laughs> you you have another perspective and you know I think it's really hard as people because, and like when we're talking about mindfulness and being self-aware, I think the challenge is that we're trying to rewire our computer whilst it's in full function mode and we yeah. can never turn it off. Like we can take a pause by doing a retreat or something, but realistically we can never turn it off. So Great we have point. to develop, we have to develop self-awareness, but it's hard because we're always looking through the lens of ourself and, and so it's such a wonderful gift, when I, at least I feel, when, when I can have another person that I can share these thoughts with, because sometimes something that I label as being totally true, and my husband's like, huh? Or, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he just gives me this other perspective, or he'll then counter question and then ask me to justify my, my viewpoint or my truth. And then I realize, wow, this is not this actually isn't, this is not true for me. This is just a thought that I've, that I've aligned with and, and told myself a story about. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So this is a way that I help that I think having another person to help give you perspective is a really wonderful gift. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dive into it a little bit more. I mean, I'd love to give, let, let's get tactical. I mean, you don't have to get super <laughs> personal, but what, like, what does that look sure. like? Is that a morning? So it sounds like it's a part of a morning routine or is it yeah. like you're having coffee together or are you journaling or are you like, what does it yeah. look like? So I'm a, I'm a firm believer in morning routine. Um, yeah. I think it's like, it's like fundamental for me and my, my morning looks like um, the first two hours are for me. I'm not really a very good person to talk to in the morning. <laughs> so, well, so far, like, so good. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. I'm halfway through my mug of coffee. It's yeah. okay, we're doing well. <laughs> no, so I take the first hour for um, for yoga and a little bit of meditation. And the second hour for me is to do vocal work. So okay. I'm, I'm working on my voice because um, although I'm a musician, I identify strongest as a singer. Um so yeah, that's like kind of for me. And that sets me up already in a really amazing day because when you're pushing yourself in like a physical practice and pushing yourself in a skill and you have these tiny breakthroughs, then this is just, I find a great way of setting up your mind for looking at the day. Yeah. And then, um, so we then meet and then we normally have a breakfast that goes for about an hour. Okay. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, it is. We set up because we're both self-employed, you know. So okay. we set ourselves a time limit for this so that it doesn't go crazy. But inside <laughs> of this, there's an entire practice that has expanded over the last two years, and it's been a culmination of our own reflections, um, the books we're reading, um, our observations, and all of this. So it's quite a long practice. Um, I'll try and give it to you in a quick summary. Should I share all of the questions that we ask? Because we ask each other a series of questions in the practice. I, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I hope I remember everything in order. So the first thing is that we say um, what we're happy about. It should be one thing. So sure. should I give examples? Would that be helpful? 
Uh, sure, but I mean, like whatever you feel is right. I mean, you don't you don't have to give okay. examples for for each cool. question, but for sure, for okay. ones we can get the gist of it. This is this is the stuff that <laughs> I think is really. I mean, I, I'm writing this down for my own <laughs> for my own marriage. I think it'd be great. All right, cool. <laughs> so, so what you're happy about, and that's and the thing is that when you do this practice, you have to make sure that you're being authentic, like genuine, yeah. because if you're just like going through the motion, then you're not doing it properly. Um, and and you have to hold each other accountable to that. So if you think the other person hasn't given a genuine answer, then you can say that, um, and, and challenge them. So yeah, the first thing is we say what we're happy about. And the second thing is that we say what we're grateful for. And again, it's just like one thing. Um, and, and we make a distinction between happiness and gratitude. So happiness is like, like gratitude is like something that's outside of our control, you okay. know, like our health, our body, our well-being, our family, kind of things like this. Happiness is something is more like something we could facilitate. I love that distinction. That, that's great. Okay. We had to, we had to think about that because mm-hmm. sometimes we were interchanging them with the same. Yeah. For sure. And then, so the next thing is that we have a spotlight. Oh no, sorry. Wait, I forgot something. So the next thing is that we acknowledge the other person for something. So we, we, we recognize something that we've seen them do and we say, Hey, I want to acknowledge you for doing this thing. Um, and then the next part is that we tune into ourselves and we take a moment to, if there is something that we want to put the spotlight on, then we can. And a spotlight is something that we basically are not happy with. Like we behaved in a way that disappointed us or that was against what we what our commitments were or that was against our standards or that was against who we're trying to be okay. um, and it doesn't have to be a big thing it could be like yeah I really didn't need to eat that extra thing of ice cream last night or you know when the DHL guy came yesterday I was a big bitch because um, he interrupted me like and I don't want to be that person because he's doing his job and I want to be nice so yeah. it's like it's sometimes it's actually a really vulnerable thing because sometimes I personally can feel like a lot of shame when I have to own that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about each of us being present to the other in a non-judgmenting, compassionate space. So you put the spot. So just to clarify, you put the spotlight yes. on yourself. On yourself. Okay. Yeah. So you're only ever spotlighting yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's a good distinction because I could go a whole other yeah. way. <laughs> oh my god, no, no, that would be like super confronting. No, we're not yeah. trying to do that. Okay, uh, good. No, no. <laughs> yeah, then you get into a whole series of projections. No, we're sure. spotlighting ourselves. And then, um, and then, so you don't have to spotlight. It's just the space is there if yeah. you want to. No, I like it. And what's cool about that is that you tend to go through your day, and when you do something, and you think, hmm, yeah, I'm gonna have to spotlight that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of. It kind of gives you an accountability. Yeah, it does. It does. So then, um, you know, then we go into um, self-acknowledgement. So then we acknowledge ourselves for doing something. Um, So in the same way that we acknowledge our part, the other person, then we acknowledge ourselves. And then we have uh, the next questions, which is um, the challenge for the day. This comes from stoicism. So we um, say, what is a possible thing that I'm going to get challenged by today so we, tr- we try to foreshadow our day okay um and that could be a moral thing like for example when i was um working with the band and i knew sometimes i can be super hard and um and the guys kind of revolve around me so i realized that when i'm working with the bands i need to make sure that i'm really in a positive space and that i'm kind of like the custodian of the space so like no matter what it's my job 
to create a good space emotionally and, and, and playfully for them so that we can be, have a good band session. You know, I realized yeah. that. So this is something that could be a challenge. If you see, if you foreshadow, I'm going to have a meeting with someone or I'm going to do this task and I'm uncertain or however, this could be a, an area that I stumble. So um, how, and the second part to it is how am I, how am I going to get through it? So we're already thinking about this is the possible problem in my day or the challenge and this is the possible way that I can solve it or how I can support myself to go through it. Okay. Um, and then the next question is <laughs> then it's uh, lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's I know, but we've, we've got it down. We've got it down. So uh, then the next question is um, what do I get to create today? Oh, and this it. is really nice. Yeah, this is really nice. What do I get to create today? And then the next question is, what do I get to learn today? Okay. And it could be something really small. Um, like if I'm reading a book, um, I'm reading a book at the moment called Body of Work. Okay. And um, maybe then I get to read the next part of it and learn something more about my own body of work, for example. Wow. This is amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy you're sharing this. I, it, it sounds it sounds like a mammoth practice, but it's not as bad. It's not actually that. It doesn't take a whole hour. Um, uh, and so then the next thing is that we say, um, who do I get to connect to today? So again, like um, I, I said this morning, I get to connect to you, okay. you know, because uh, I knew I was getting up for the podcast. And so a lot of my meeting, a lot of my practice this morning was about this experience that we're having right now. Yes, this is exciting. <laughs> And then the final correct question is, what do I commit to today? And so this is saying that by the end of the day, I want to have done this one thing. Um, and it could be it could be like creating a great space with the band when I go and practice with them. It could be something more mundane, like um, making that call to that booking agent or, um, you know, finishing that final sentence on the blog or writing a blog post or okay. however. So that's the whole question series. And then there's one, there's one more thing that we do. Um, we are reading for the second year in a row. It's, um, I'm just going to bring up the title of the book for you so that I can tell you exactly what it's called. Um, it's by Ryan Holiday. Yes. And it's a book about stoicism. Yeah. And the it's daily stoic? The daily stoic. <laughs> that's a, uh, right beside my coffee machine. <laughs> We, we, we read it every day and it's the second year that like we finished it last year. We did it every day. And so, and we do it after the practice. So then we take today's meditation and then we read it. Sometimes we read it twice and then we talk about it and we talk about our, our perception of it and if it speaks to us and if it doesn't. And sometimes we go into an argument about it, like a healthy discussion. Sure. Uh, sometimes we don't agree with it. Sometimes we do. But we found that, um, or I found that, I think this practice and reading reading that 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 book, it's it's doing something. Like I swear, in the last one and a half year, like something is really shifting for me, um, and I believe a part of it is these questions. A part of it is having this person to be accountable for. A part of it is is doing this book in the morning and and kind of looking at your day in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's it's doing something. It's shifting something fundamental for me. It's incredible. I mean, a, a, again, thank you for sharing that. And I will lay all of that out in, in, in the show notes as well, because it's, I think it, um, 
Well, there, there's something to be said about the morning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not everyone's a morning person, but it's kind of hard to argue if you can own the morning then you're just, you've set up, you set yourself up for the day, right? And then you've just added on this whole other incredible layer to that where your partner is, you know, on the same wavelength of, of that, right? So it's it's beautiful. And we'll we'll definitely yeah. do a nice shout out to Ryan Holiday when we when we promote the podcast. <laughs> He's, awesome. His, his yeah. work is awesome. His work is great. It's really, really good. Yeah. Well, and it just, I don't know what for you, but for me, um, like I said, it's, it's literally right beside the coffee machine. So as the coffee <laughs> is brewing that I'm reading, the, you know, the passage for the day and it, it, I'm always amazed at how relevant it is. Right. And these are coming from Stoics, you know, it's like hundreds uh, of years ago and it's just, like <laughs> it's just mind boggling. Yeah, we keep saying that we're like, this was too, this is the same society we're living in today. And this was written over 2000 years ago. Yeah. This is insane. Like, and it just goes to show um, the nature of humans. Like, this is how we are. For you know, sure. how we are. It's, it's like, on one hand, we're evolving, and on, on one, on the other hand, we are just exactly as we are as a species. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Amazing. So that's this is actually a good lead up to uh, something I wanted to ask you about. Um, there's usually a whole section uh, where we get into you know your personal routines, which we're, we're definitely covering off at this point. Um, <laughs> But one of the things I wanted to chat about that is I think will be incredibly um, relatable to others, re- regardless whether they're musicians or what they're doing, but it's it's just travel schedules. And you mentioned, you know, being on tour quite a bit, which then disrupts routines normally, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. Any, how do you manage that, I guess? Or oh, another, okay. another way to, to maybe ask that question or what are your non-negotiables? when you're traveling mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's it, it's really hard actually like if i'm being totally honest it's really hard and yeah. by that i mean as a touring musician i'm i'm generally touring solo and and sometimes i'm taking like four trains in one day and i might be traveling up to like seven or eight hours and carrying all of my gear including my like pa system okay. uh and my guitar so i just want to give you perspective of yeah. my life right now sure. and, and this, is, this is like what i do and and dragging that across europe uh, <laughs> like literally <laughs> yeah no kidding and then, you know, rolling up to like the venue and then getting into the venue and then, you know, setting up, doing sound check and then connecting to the people. And then um, as a self, like as an indie musician, I'm my own tour manager. I'm my own um, marketing manager. I'm my own merchandise person. I'm my own promotions person. I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm also the sound engineer. So it's like, <laughs> sure. there's a bit um, going I'm, on. Well, I'm saying all of this because I am on 24-7 when I'm on tour. It's like there is no break. Okay. And um, the one thing, like, so I, I've, it's something I really struggle with, the question that you've just asked me, and that's why I'm, I'm sharing it like this because I want to be really honest. Um, the one thing that's really important for me is yoga. And so I take a travel mat with me most of the time and I try to, to do that in my morning routine. It's not normally as long as I would do it for because when I have more space, I like to do like 30 minutes minimum of yoga in the morning. Sometimes when I'm on tour and I have to get up early for a train, maybe it's just like five minutes, 10 minutes. But this is something that I really, really try to do. Okay. But I think, I think you just nailed something there that even, and, and this is where 
uh, a lot of people derail and, and I, I mean, I'm like you, it's, uh, I'm not definitely not perfect in routines, but even if you can get five minutes, five minutes in it, you know, it's worth it. it. It's better than not doing anything. Right. So, uh, you know, I just want to highlight that point. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is this practice that I just told you about. So when I'm on tour or, um, when my husband's like off with his company, um, traveling, then we do the practice via WhatsApp. So it does, it means that we don't do it in real time. It means that one of us will just start leaving messages on a WhatsApp train, basically. Oh, that's so cool, um, though. Okay. But we keep each other accountable to that. Yeah, because we found also for our relationship, it's really important. It just keeps us on a whole different level of meaning and depth in our relationship. So when we haven't done it, we've found that it's just not as good for us. Um, so this is something that's fundamental that we do, like that we really try to do. Of course, there's days where we don't do it. We're all human. Um, yeah. there's, there's days when I go to sleep, like in my clothes after sure. I'm so tired. I can't even like open the bed sheets. I just like collapse on the bed sure. when I'm doing. Um, but like, I really try to do these two things and drinking enough water. That's, um, really important because I know when I'm on stage, it gets really hot, I get dehydrated and it's super important for me to have enough water. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. well, thank you. And, and thanks for being so honest. I think, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think most people fall in that, that camp myself included. I mean, that's, that's, we try our best, right. But, um, yeah, I, I'm curious though, you know, having all these these practices and 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 these mindsets in, in your life and throughout your journey like have you noticed a difference even from from tour to tour like i I'm, I'm making a prediction here but i i can just see you on on the train you know you've got all the gear things are a bit crazy but then you sit down and might be a little bit more mindful of i don't know the passing environment or something because of these these practices that you've really layered into your life over over the last little while versus maybe when you didn't have those it it would have been even more frantic or maybe i'm completely off base (laughs) well i mean i think it's a really interesting question that you're asking and um thank you for asking it um actually the one thing that comes to me uh, is something else that i worked on really intensely in the last two years which is self-compassion and um, Brene Brown is like my god for self compassion. Sure. She is like rocking that train. Yeah. And I love I love her work. I'm a big fan. And um, so what I have noticed is that I am able to be a lot kinder to myself um, okay. because you know the thing is when I'm touring, I'm still working. So like I'm sitting on the trains with my computer in my lap, and as I said, sometimes it's four trains and my crack is everywhere. And, um, you know, and I need to answer emails. So I do offline emailing or I'm writing a blog post or I'm writing social media posts or I'm working on the latest song for my Patreons or whatever. But like, I'm, I can't not use that time because if I don't, then I really lose a lot of business time. Sure. So in the past, I would just like push myself so hard and be so ruthless. And then I would get to the gig and I, and then I had to give a gig and I was exhausted <laughs> by the time I even started. So now I'm like, all right, you know what? If I just stare out the train window for a while, that's totally fine. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I just, if I just listen to some music right now, that's totally fine. Yeah. And if I don't get that thing done, which I'm telling myself is super important, the world's probably not going to end and that's probably totally fine. Yeah. So yeah. you need I'm space. Thinking, 
Yeah, yeah. And I've had to learn that. I've had to learn that. I've had to learn that I have to give myself that, especially when I'm on tour. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's hard because, again, you know, we're like society is, is operating against you in that in that principle, right? I mean, it's coming along, thankfully. There's more and more openness to different mental and physical practices that are, I think, making people aware of of the importance of, you know, silence and stillness. But we've got, you know, so, so, so much farther to go on that front. So it, it, it's tough, right? Like we're always surrounded by busyness, let's say. And like, like we talked about earlier, but just, you know, growth and comparison and this and that. So you have all these things that just naturally, unfortunately, in our, in our society that are, are, are hitting us daily, right? I mean, by the hour. Yeah. So you really have to be mentally strong to kind of, okay, no, I'm going to pull out of that a little bit. I know that that's not long-term going to, you know, uh, commit or, uh, you know, help the cause forward and, and then do something about yeah. it, right? I, I agree. I think like, um, I, I really relate to what you just said and I totally agree with you. Um, I think like, and especially as an indie musician, because, um, when you're a self-employed artist, you have to realize very quickly that you're not just an artist in your art, you're actually a personal brand. And it's really important to understand that and to understand what that means in terms of your communication with the world. And I had to learn that. And, um, it's been an ongoing process of, of learning. But because of that, um, social media is really important. Um, and I have to say that despite what you see on my Instagram pages and on YouTube and whatever, uh, social media is not something that comes naturally to me. I have had to force myself so hard over the last years to get more active on it. It's really been a, um, a consistent kicking up my bottom (laughs) in order to get me to get me on there and it's so important because because I'm an indie artist my fans need that close communication like that is a huge part of what I'm doing and a huge part of my brand actually is to be close and to to share myself and to share the journey with my with my supporters that they can feel a part of this and and what this is so um I'm saying this because one can go insane Mm -hmm. just being on social you can totally lose yourself. Like one of my spiritual teachers said, like, you know, when you're online, like, where are you? Like, where is your, where are you? Like, where is your consciousness when you're in the internet? Like, where are you? You know, and this is a really important question to ask yourself (laughs) because I think, and I know it for myself, like I'm, I'm totally chaos. Like I'm everywhere. You know, I'm responding to this peep. I'm looking at that peeps. I'm, I'm everywhere. And like the other thing he said once was, you know, let your feet be where your mind is and your mind where your feet are. And I think this is a really wow. powerful thing to think about that. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying all of this because I've also had to set boundaries for myself and how I use social. Yeah. Um, and I literally don't look at my phone that much in a day. I'm like, okay, at this time I go online for one hour. I'm working on social media. And then at that time, I'll go online and maybe I'll do a little story for Instagram because I'm on tour um, offline and then I'll load it up later. But I've had to really set myself boundaries um, on how that is because I go crazy otherwise. Oh, you know, for it's, sure. it's too much. 
it's so much. It's so distracting. You totally lose yourself. And I think losing ourselves to these, at least I can recognize, to these stories of like, oh, but it's so important that I do this or that, or I have to be here, I have to be available. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, we set, we set those. I, I'm going through a lot of that now as, as we speak, so I can, I can relate to that. Um, but something that keeps popping up in my own mind is, you know, like, especially when you're, you're self-employed or... Uh, yeah, you're leading a lot of the strategy or the the company or whatever you're doing. It's like who I'm, who's setting these 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 timelines? Like oh, yeah. it's me. Like so, <laughs> like why am I driving myself nuts? Right, doing yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So, um, I totally relate to what you're saying. And it's in social media too. It's I think I mean. I think you should definitely include that and maybe in tomorrow's self-acknowledgement because you're doing <laughs> you're doing a great job. Uh, that's how we met, right? And we should share that with, with the listeners. That's you know, true. You that's sent a true. very <laughs> kind, respectful uh, message on our feed when I think we published it, the podcast saying you should probably have the link in the in your bio, which noted. <laughs> I really, I, cause I respect what you were trying to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like, just gonna, yeah. I felt like giving that little piece of advice. Cause I, 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 because I think because I'm not a social media person, like I don't, I, like, I don't see myself as one. Yeah. So I was like, Oh God, I totally know what you wanted to do there. And ah, oh, I, I, I know that I've done that before. Of course. No, <laughs> like, I, I appreciate it. Work, you need to do it like this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because since yeah. then, actually, we've uh, we've we've put in uh, Linktree. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think what it, that's what it's called. So to at least try to help, uh, at least on Instagram, yes. right? Because it's just yeah. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> you have a post from three three days ago or a week ago, and it's referring to a link. And now either the link's not there or it's yeah. a different link. So it's it's a bit yeah. of a mess. Um, it is. So. I use Linktree as well. I think it's really helpful. But then even still, like, for example, I had a concert two days ago. So I temporarily took off my Linktree, put up the concert link. And actually, now that concert's gone. And now that you've just said that, I'm like, oh, God, I have to go onto Instagram and put up my Linktree again. You're right. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And and we're proving the point that there needs to be short bursts of social media. Or we're going to go nuts. It's, it's really true. It's, it's, it's so true. Yeah. Um, but I think, it, I think it's important we talk about these things, right? Because, I mean, that's what's happening right now. Everything's evolving. And, you know, even even the work we're doing with, with Keo and, like, the fact that we're using the phone um, as as the vehicle to, to help people stimulate their, their reflection, I mean, you can argue, right? Like, the, the technology is, is one of the big culprits that, that is <laughs> leading our minds a bit astray. But what we're trying to promote is that, you know, the technology is always going to be there. It's going to change. There's going to be something else. And right now it's social media, but then there'll be something else. So what doesn't change, though, is the relationship that you form with these platforms yeah. or the technology. So like that's the thing. And I, I think you're, you're really bringing that up uh, in, in a great way is that if, if you can if you can set those boundaries and you determine what the relationship is versus the the other way around then it doesn't matter what comes now or down the road you know you, you've kind of tuned your mind um, for that reality right I think absolutely and it, it brings up two things for me what you just said like one is that uh, it, it, this is a great word and I'm I'm actually gonna be quite bold in what I say here I think I think being responsible for ourselves is really hard for a lot of people. 
I think that a lot of people go through life and not, and don't master that, um, self-responsibility. Um, I think it's really easy to look outside of ourselves and blame the world or go into roles like the victim or whatever. Um, and I think, I think so much of growing up and I don't put an age limit on this. I think one could grow up when they're young or older. Of course. It's about being self-responsible. And self-responsible means understanding and taking and, and accepting that we are in control of our world and how we perceive it and how we relate to it and the stories we tell ourselves and all of this stuff. You know, and, and that's really empowering and can be also really terrifying at the same time. Yeah, no, for um, sure. Yeah. And I think a part of this is what you just said about about the tools we have. You know, um, I posed the question, like, how often like, do you go to sleep next to your phone? You know, mm-hmm. how often is the computer in the room with you or nearby? Like, have you ever not had your computer or your phone for a period of time? Because, for example, you forgot it in a friend's car and you had to, like, examine the, the, the sense of loss of your companion. Because <laughs> yeah, I so, had this experience, it's so true. you know, it's scary. and like. Maybe we need to question that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because it is just a tool and that's great and it's empowering. But the idea is that without the tool, you should still be able to do it. It should help you train yourself to create an experience or a a mindset for yourself. Uh, But like when the tool is not there, it would be wonderful when we could still foster that mindset, you know, that like without the training wheels on the bicycle, we can still ride the bike. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great, great, great points. Um, yeah. I'm going to start because I want to respect your time, but I'll, I'm going to start moving into more of the, the, the wrap up where I, I mean, you've, you've provided a lot of great questions here, but there, uh, <laughs> I want to definitely see if there's, you know, kind of a, a set three that you, f- you feel are really important in your life um, every day. And we'll put those directly into the app um all of these will show up though in the show notes because i think these are great especially with the the relationship practice um be- mm-hmm. but before getting there if you were to project you know three years from now how does your how does your life feel or how do you want your life to feel <sighs> i want that to be more ease okay. <laughs> sure <laughs> ease is ease is like my word for 2018 like uh you know how can I do this with ease or can this be easier? What would this look like if it were easy? That's a Tim Ferriss question. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's a great question. Um, Because I, I looking back on the last four years of, of, of my life and how I've created it and what I've been doing, it's all like, I think a big story in my head is like, everything has to be hard work. Like if you're not working hard, then you don't deserve success. So like, this is a, this is a, this is something that I'm realizing and that I'm working on. So in three years, I would like to have completely eradicated that thought (laughs) and replaced it with like, life is an easy playground (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) of fun. And, and, you know, I, I would like ease. So, um, I would love, of course I want to, I, I, I have to be doing music and, and growing that. And I want to have developed myself much more, um, as a musician. And in three years, I imagine I've put out at least two more albums. Okay. And, uh, but you know, I want to consolidate my touring so that it's more in blocks and that it's not like all over the place as it has been that I'm either kind of on tour or not, and that I can work better with my own rhythm. 
And I would like to um, be traveling more and I guess be living in other places like what we said before. I'm really mm-hmm. affected by Bali and I want to spend a lot more time in Bali. Um, and I'm also just starting to do a side project um, that's not music related, but oh, it's nice. for, um, yeah, yeah, it's for female creative women who want to um, at least partially live from their creative output. Um, so yeah, this is really exciting for me. And so I envision in three years that that's taken off the ground a lot more and that the projects I'm dreaming about with that are coming into fruition. Okay. And, um, yeah, but you know, it's kind of like just more of the same, but with more ease and, um, yeah, space. Space. Yeah. Well, no, thank you. Thank you again for sharing that. Yeah. So let's, um, I mean, like I said, there, there are definitely a lot of questions in this, this podcast that are, are incredibly <laughs> um, useful. So, but I, I would like to narrow down to, to at least three that you think are, um, you know, super important for you, either whether they're on a frequent basis or during big life-changing events. Yeah. Which would those three be? Um, so the first one is, um, is this true for me? Okay. And um, this is a really important question because I am trying to really own being honest with myself. And um, when somebody else presents an opinion or points something out that I'm doing, or if I create a story and and, and see that I'm thinking about something in a certain way, then I'm, I'm asking myself this question, is this really true for me? Okay, interesting. Yeah, thanks for providing yeah. the context there because I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. Cuz that's a that's a pretty deep question. It's a really deep question, yeah. but this is um I'm kind of working in that part of myself this year, I think. Sure. Yeah. That's a great question. Thank you. The second question is can I let this go? Okay. And by that I mean my egoic attachment to yeah. having to be right in a certain situation. So like I'm, I'm really trying to let go of my attachment to myself actually in some way. Um, and I don't know, there's a movie by Thich Nhat Hanh and, um, there are these, I just, I, I will tell you the context because every time I ask this question, I see the picture. That's why I would like to share the context. There are Buddhist um, monks when they're young and they're training um, for the monastery and they're in their robes and they're practicing on a mountain somewhere. I guess it's in Tibet or or it's uh, in in India. And they practice arguing at each other. And the point of the whole thing is that they have to lose the argument. And the reason they do it is so that they can get used to letting go of the need to be right. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so asking myself that second question, can I let this go, is um, really important for me at the moment. And I I just keep seeing this picture of the monks in their robes, you know? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And a third? Um, The third question is, um, this is a hard one because I'm toying with two, but I'm going to give this one. Am I coming from a space of love or fear right now? Okay. That's a good, very good one. And is that, 
Is that when, when events come up or is this, is this something that you proactively think about as well, you know, and ask the question and then relate it to maybe something that's going on now, or is it more of a reactive type of question? Cause that, that's a good question. That, that's a good question. Yeah. It's more of a reactive kind of thing. So okay. when I'm in a situation and I find myself reacting, am I, or like in, in my communication, you know, it can be subtler. You know, am I communicating in a, in a kind and compassionate way or am I communicating in a hostile way? And I mean, when I use the word hostile, it can be very subtle. You know, sure. it could be like, I mean, how many of us I absolutely do it, you know, being passive aggressive or something um, or, you know, having no patience or whatever. But that's, again, a place for me coming from a place of fear. OK. Yeah. Last question. What what makes you smile about your work? Um, oh, I guess there's a few things. Um, I love connecting to people. So, you know, getting to connect to people and because my songs talk about such deep topics and because, uh, if you have a look at my social media, which I know you have, (laughs) um, what I'm posting about is not really surface stuff. It's, it's quite on the level of depth and reflection. So when that really speaks to people, um, people write to me like I just got a message yesterday from a girl who came to a workshop in Germany saying, you know, I was, I bought your CD two years ago. I, this song, it just speaks to me so much. And this is why, and this has had such an impact on my life. And, and this happens more and more and more actually. And this is, this is mind blowing for me. You know, this is incredible because this is like, I believe that as a songwriter, you don't own the song. It's just that you're the vehicle that it chooses to be born through. And, you know, when, when you are like the custodian of this creative being and it comes into form and then you put so much love and energy into it and then you put it out there into the world. And when it finds the people who it's meant to unlock, you know, and, and it does, mm-hmm. uh, this is, this is for me why I'm here. Yeah. Actually. So, so powerful for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, um, uh, this is beyond words, actually the feeling for me in that. And of of course, the other thing I love is just being lost in, in writing songs and being lost in, in performing and being on stage and, and sharing that space and surrendering into music. You know, this is a big reason why I chose to, to change my life so much and to, to be a musician. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for sharing all of this and being so open and going into the detail of, of the different practices in your life. But I, I think most importantly, I, I really want to acknowledge you as well. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're very modest and you're, it's clearly you work very hard at your, your craft. And I think you should pat yourself on the back too, because, you know, because of all of the things that you're doing in your morning practices and your beliefs and your personal development, I mean, you're touching so many people across the world, right? And unlocking things in, in them that, you know, A, are, are good for themselves, but then naturally, if they're feeling good about themselves, are helping others as well. So, so thank you on behalf of all of us out there for the work that you put in each day thank and all you. those train rides and dragging the, <laughs> dragging the, the, the gear oh. around <laughs> thank you <laughs> and um have a great day yes i'm going to i have a concert today so i'm looking forward to it already amazing 
Yeah. <laughs>